Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies, and today we're talking about hypnobirthing. A couple of podcasts ago, I had Terry Richmond on. We were talking about birthing during a pandemic, and one thing is she highlighted that's so necessary right now, relaxation and stress reduction techniques, and the hypnobirthing philosophy and methodology really leans into it. So I reached out to Christy Rodriguez. She is a mom, a hypnobirthing childbirth educator, a certified holistic health coach and a registered prenatal yoga instructor specializing in prenatal and postpartum wellness, advocacy, and empowerment. And she's the author of the book, Pure Nurture, A Holistic Guide to a Healthy Baby. She really gives amazing insight and explanation of the hypnobirthing methodology. I think you're really going to enjoy. Before we get to that conversation, I just wanted to thank my whole community. And not only is everybody showing up and working with PYC now, which is online, literally, I'd say 90% of our classes have shifted. Even something like infant massage has now gone virtual. How amazing that we're in a time that we can do that. But I also want to just put a pause and say thank you for everyone out there that is supporting our culture still functioning, for the essential workers, for the healthcare workers, for everyone that's really putting their lives and experience on the line. Thank you for doing that so our culture and our society and our world can keep moving forward. Thank you for that. What else? Oh, I wanted to mention, as I mentioned, that the studio is going online not only are our classes online, but most of our trainings are online. I have a training called Who's Afraid of the Pregnant Yogi? That's online. Teaching the Postnatal Student, that's online. And for the first time in 14 years, our 85-hour teacher training is going to be online. That's going to be exciting. Actually, I take challenges like this and I think, how can I make the training even better? What is it that I can tweak to make it even more exciting since we had to change the whole platform? So I'll let you know how that goes. Now, Hopefully, we'll be back in our brick-and-mortar studio come the fall, and we'll be having our fall teacher training there, and then hopefully we'll be in Washington, D.C. as planned for the late fall. As many small businesses, this has been a challenge, but it's a challenge that I'm really trying to rise and grasp and grow with, so thank you for growing with me on that. All right, I think I've said enough. Let's take a super quick break, and we come back. Please enjoy my conversation with Christy. Hi, Christy. How are you? Hi, Deb. I'm very well. Well, I I say I'm very well. I'm very well right now, (laughs) but it's been sure has been up and down for me lately. Like everyone, I'm sure. Yeah. As as we were saying, I'm all about full transparency on these. As we were talking about before, 830 at night, we both have kids. The time that is quietest in the house, but I think for me, my energy level is not at the best. Um, I have my cup of tea. I'm with my snuggly blankets. That's helping. But yeah, it's it's definitely, um, it's exhausting. I love yeah. my kids. They're challenging 24-7. I have not left their side for almost four weeks. Yeah. It has been, my husband's the one that goes out and gets us food. I have been with these people for four weeks straight. 
Oh my same. God. Same. I'm right there with you. Exactly the same, 24 7. And they get up early, at, like between 6 30 and 7, and they go down between 7 30 and 8. That's a long day. It is. It is. And I don't know about you, but this, this homeschooling distance <gasps> oh, learning thing oh. is mm. exhausting. I'm not good at it. I think I'm it's because I'm, I'm not also, either. I'm trying to do my own work and then I'm trying to watch their work and I have to make sure, okay, if I don't watch what they're doing, then they're playing video games. Like, yeah, I'm not, I feel very proud. And you two are a childbirth educator. Like I'm very proud of my, my teaching skills in certain ways, um, but I am not a great school teacher. That's yeah. very clear to me. <laughs> yes. No, it's true. And all of this terminology, I'm like, wait, what am I supposed to say? What does that mean? Do you know my go-to <laughs> is go ask your dad. That's what I'm yes. <laughs> go, go ask daddy. He, he's very good at math. He's very good at science. Go ask daddy. Yeah. That's my go-to. Well, I'm so excited we're having a chance to talk. And I've known about hypnobirthing for years. And I honestly haven't dipped too much into it. I've had students come to the studio and talk a little bit about it. I've had some interesting um, experiences with some students, especially around language, which we'll talk about. So this is really exciting for me to have a chance to dive into something. I feel like I know a lot in the birth world, but I don't know this. So it's exciting. I'm all about learning new stuff. I guess before we get into the hypnobirthing, let's back up and tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into birth work. Sure. So I, you know, like we've been saying, I'm a mom of two and it really was my own experience um, through pregnancy and through birth that brought me on this path of doing birth work and becoming a hypnobirthing teacher. I am the founder of Pure Nurture, and I have a book. The um, It's called Pure Nurture, A Holistic Guide to a Healthy Baby, which also has now blossomed into a podcast, mm-hmm. the Pure Nurture podcast. And then I have my classes that I usually do in person and then have since moved to online. And now, unfortunately, I have had to pause my online classes just because of everything that's going on with, with homeschooling and being home. And I just don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the energy. And so I'm, I'm kind of taking a little bit of a pause and you know, figuring out my new normal, but, but it is a lot of, um, in-person and, and online classes and, and then hypnobirthing really came to me from my experience with my second pregnancy and birth. I found a hypnobirthing teacher and didn't know what it was. I had never heard of it before, but the way it was explained to me seemed like it fell in line with yoga. And I had been practicing yoga and prenatal yoga for a long time. And I really thought, you know what, this sounds like something that um, I might be really interested in. So let me check it out. And then after I experienced my first birth without any education really. I had a hospital birth class, which didn't really help a lot um, in terms of my own ability to support myself and understand the physiological aspects of birth. I did have a doula, which was amazing. And I just loved having a doula. And um, I know that that really supported me in having a positive birth experience. But the Second birth that I had with um, with my youngest had the I had the same doula there with me, but I also had the tools and the understanding and everything uh, around hypnobirthing. And my birthing experience was I always say night and day. And again, they were both very positive birth experiences. But my 
innate sense of, I've got this, I can do this. Um, and just the positivity around my experience was so much more so with the second. And I felt so, um, so excited about what I had learned that I eventually decided that I wanted to become certified and become a teacher. And so I went back and and added that onto my repertoire of different things um, that I do and brought that into what is pure nurture uh, as well. And I've been teaching hypnobirthing for several years now and, and just, I just love it. Yeah. And it's great. I remember I was on, I had the honor of being um, a guest on your podcast, which is a wonderful podcast. I've listened to many episodes, but it's interesting. You're saying that you did the hospital course and you had a, a positive birth and then you chose the hypnobirth thing. Just curious, since you had a positive birth experience with your first, what was it that kind of just stuck in your head? You're like, Hmm, I feel like I need to look for something yes. a little different. Yeah. You know what? It was, so it was overall positive, but there were moments that I wished had been different. Um, and one of them was this sense of not trusting my body and feeling like I needed help. And I remember when it was time to birth my baby, I remember saying to my doctor in a very panicked voice, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. And because he was saying things to me um, that like, you need to push correctly. You're not pushing right. If you don't push this baby out, I'm going to have to get the vacuum. Um, And I felt fearful in that moment. And, And I was, I don't feel, I feel like there are there's, and we'll get into the terminology mm-hmm. and vocabulary and ways of, of talking about birth and, um, later, but it, there was a lot of fear, um, brought into my awareness in the birthing room. And, uh, I thought, you know what, I don't, I want a more calm and peaceful experience next time. Although it was overall positive, there were moments that were, you know, I just wished to have been, um, had, unfolded a little bit differently. I wish they had been more calm and relaxed. And like I said, I've been practicing yoga for so long. And also I have been, I've been learning about birth psychology and, um, you know, and that babies have experiences in the, in the womb and that babies experience their birth. And I had heard of some birth memories, um, that children would express. And I just thought that that was fascinating. In fact, my own daughter, when she was around two and a half, she shared different, different memories with me about her birth that just gave me goosebumps. Were and they, so was it similar? Like what she said, you're like, yes, that did happen. Yes. She said, one of the things she said was mommy, it was so bright. I didn't like it. It was so bright. And I was like, yes, it was bright because they turned that big overhead light on right at the time of birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, yeah, it really was bright. It's like a spotlight on your vagina. Mm-hmm. It is. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time as a doula, I walked in and I, no, I walked, I, I was there and well, okay, not the first time because the first birth I had the honor and pleasure of working with someone that had a midwife. So it was interesting compared to that birth to then, uh, an, o, a more traditional OB, you know, mm-hmm. it was my first birth as a doula. So I'm like, Oh, I guess this is how they are. And then I, then I worked yeah. with a client that had a more traditional OB. I'm like, Oh 
Interesting. But yeah, they yeah. literally turned a spotlight on. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> like it's very, very like dancing itself out with like a top hat and a cane. Like it was yeah. just, it, mm-hmm. was it literally is. I mean, it's like a, a t- one of the ceiling tiles. Yes. Just, it's yes. like, it's, it's dark. And then all of a sudden when it's go time, it's like, boom, they turn it on. And you're expecting <laughs> like the overture to come on. <laughs> yes. So I always, I always tell everyone, if you don't want that, if you want it to be dim and more relaxed, you can request that. Yeah. You can request that they not turn that spotlight on. So tell me a little bit about the philosophy and approach behind hypnobirthing and how it is different from some other approaches. So hypnobirthing, this is always such a, whenever I get asked this question, I always like feel like I want to trip over my words because there's so much I want to share. And then I'm always like, okay, I need to slow down and really share. Like just, I can't give you everything in this short amount of, of time. Course, yes. But, um, Really, it is, it's basically a philosophy that our bodies were made to birth. And ultimately, it is our physiological body. It is our, what's the word? How do I want to say this? I always want to say like our our instinctual ability to birth our babies. And what happens is our minds can get in the way. Our thoughts can get in the way and it can work against us versus for us. And hypnobirthing teaches us, teaches uh, birthing people how to use their minds to support their bodies so that the body can open and unfold and birth in a really, um, in a more calm way, but also in a more powerful way. So, There are several different ways that we do this, and through hypnobirthing, we use different breathing techniques. There are three distinct breathing techniques that we use. There are visualizations. There are also, um, what's the word? I know there's some stress reduction techniques I was going to ask you about. Yeah, so they all of it all together really is stress reduction. It comes down to this idea called... The, there's a fear, tension, pain response that can happen when we uh, when we feel fear. It creates tension in the body, and then the tension in the body can create pain. And then when we are in pain, it's a, it's that cyclical um, experience. We go back into fear, and then there's more tension. And so, if we can come out of that fight or flight response and come back into that rest and and the rest and digest response or the rest and and relax response that it just supports the entire process. I always say that my pregnancy with my second daughter, with my youngest daughter was so one of the most relaxed I've ever been in my entire life. And it is, I attribute it so much, if not fully, to the daily practice of what I had been learning in my hypnobirthing classes from the visualizations, the relaxations, the breathing techniques. It really helps, it really helps the birthing person to, through pregnancy on into birth, to get out of that stress response to come in to a more relaxed response. And again, life, especially nowadays with so much uncertainty, there is a lot of stress. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear. And so what 
what we need to do is not feel like we need to live in a bubble and be like, la, 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 in this, in this sense of, um, relaxation all the time. Cause that isn't, we, it's just not possible, but what we can do is use these techniques to continuously bring ourselves back. So when we do feel stressed, when we do have moments of feeling panic or anxiety or fear, that we can bring ourselves back down to a more grounded sense, a more relaxed state sooner mm-hmm. and more smoothly than, just than we about, otherwise would. I did a whole prenatal. Right now I'm teaching the majority of our online classes, the prenatal classes, and I just did a whole class of it. I call it the calm within the chaos that we can't control the chaos around us, but we can use different skills and relaxation techniques, which I want to ask you more about to find calmness because, again, we can't control the majority of what's happening around us. And then I kind of tied that into, I went, I went quite on a tangent. I tied that into the hormones and the adrenaline and the oxytocin. I, I went down a big rabbit hole, but it sounds very similar to what you're speaking of, which brings me to, can you, you mentioned, you know, different relaxation techniques. Can you get, and I know I'm not asking you to give like the whole entire hypnobirth, you know, um, curriculum, but can you give an example of some of the relaxation and stress reduction techniques used in the method? Sure. Yeah. One more thing, but before I go into that, what you were talking about reminded me of something my husband says to me all the time, be the boat. Like when my daughters are in their dramatic moment and like, there's like chaos in my house and there's tantrums and, or fighting. My husband's always like, be the boat be the boat, ride the waves, (laughs) just ride the waves. Yeah. And so there, there are so many techniques, uh, in hypnobirthing that help with that. And one I would say is one, well, I think one of the easiest ones to use, and I will, I'll I'll give you this because I feel like this can just help everyone regardless of whether you're pregnant or not. And that is one of the breathing techniques is, is a calm breathing, a calm breathing. And this is the breath that we use anytime that we need. We use in between surges, uh, during surges, we have other breathing techniques for different parts of, of the birthing process, but the calm breath it helps to relax the nervous system. And what it is, is breathing in and out through the nose and you breathe in for a count of four, a gentle pause, and then breathe out to the count of eight. And you just do that several times. And each time you do that, you feel your body feeling heavy. You feel yourself sinking into the surface, whether you're in a chair or on the bed, you feel yourself really relaxing and giving into gravity and relaxing all the muscles of your face, especially your jaws and your, your mouth. Um, it just really letting everything get heavy and letting go. One thing that, you know, with, with hypnobirthing, that's different from, uh, sometimes it's, you know, compared to a meditation or we think about meditation in a, in a yoga studio, for example, a lot of times they want you to sit up, sit up on a cushion. Your spine is, is, uh, you know, more erect. You're lifting up through the crown of your head, your shoulders are down and back. Whereas in hypnobirthing and all of the different techniques that we use in hypnobirthing with relaxation, it's about letting go completely. And so having your body be fully supported, whether in a chair or recliner or it set up with pillows um, and a lot of different things around like pillows or bolsters around you to support yourself. So you can really just let go. Your head can even droop down. So you want to be letting go and not holding on to any muscle at all and just letting go. And so you can use this calm breathing technique 
in a relaxed position right before you're about to do a visualization or a, a, um, a recording or a meditation, or you can do it while you're driving with your eyes open. Anytime you feel that stress response kick in, you can just breathe. And the biggest takeaway from that calm breathing is that your exhalation is longer than your inhalation, which helps to initiate that relaxation response. Mm. It's funny you're saying all this. I'm like, oh, I think I've kind of done this in my classes since I started the studio. We always start with a restorative relaxation focused on the breath. So they're either in supta konasana or sideline and they're fully supported. And it's a breath ex... You know, I, I have many that I tie in, um, but I start one pretty much every class was something called progressive relaxation. I'm sure you know mm-hmm. what that is like going from the top down. In my brain, I just call it the talk through. But they're completely supported and relaxed. And the whole purpose is really just to move ourselves out, of, especially in New York City, um, where we're, you know, with a lot of energy and a lot of adrenaline, move ourselves away from that so they can use this technique to let go when they do feel stress, you know, or, or when their mind is active, like, you know, how many, how often pregnant people wake up in the middle of the night and they're just thinking and thinking and thinking because they have to pee and then they think and think and think. So it's funny, I guess in a way, um, I, I align very much with what you're saying and I have done that for a while. This is exciting. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I said. I mean, it was so, when I learned about it, I was like, this is so many of these things just fall in line so nicely with yoga and I love yoga. And it, it really is such a beautiful compliment to the two practices um, are just so, so beautifully aligned. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm using this. All right. We're going to take a super quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you to explain some of the birth prompts and how the partner can use it. We're going to be right back. Okay. We are back. So birth prompts, partners, I know it's very intertwined. It's a very, um, the whole hypnobirth, it's not just kind of isolated to the pregnant and laboring person. It's the whole team's involved. So can you explain a little bit about the birth prompts and the partner's involvement? Yes. There are several different ways that your birth partner, your birth companion, your support person can support you throughout. The birth prompts are ways to give you that, um, to give you a little clue or, you know, it's kind of like Pavlov's dogs, right? When you ring the bell, they salivate. So (laughs) if you've practiced something like a birth prompt, like a word or a hand on the shoulder, um, any way to really connect with that memory of coming into a deep state of relaxation. So that's one of the ways that the birth companion is how we we call a birth birth partner support person can help you because sometimes when you are in the process in your birthing, you're at your birthing, there's a lot going on. Um, sometimes we tend to forget, wait, what, what did we learn? And so we have, we, we have a, a nice little, I call it a cheat sheet for the birth companion that shows all of the different uh, techniques or uh, ways of coming into a deep state of relaxation, even some uh, written guided visualizations, quick um, instant relaxations that we use in class as well. And so it's a nice little cheat sheet for the birth companion to help remind the birthing um, birthing person how to come into a deep state of relaxation or to actually be that, give them that um, reminder to come into a deep state of relaxation. And 
hypno hypnosis has a compounding effect. And so it's really important for, um, the couple or the birthing person to really be practicing these as often as possible leading up to the birth so that when the birth companion does give a prompt, it's immediate. It's an, it's an immediate response in the body to come into a deep state of relaxation. And that was actually, I wrote myself a note to ask you how much practice is involved. So when you're saying practice every day, like how long are people, is it like a script? Is it mm-hmm. just some breathing techniques with a word? What does that look like? It's, it well, sorry, I hope you can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> so there are different different things that you can do. And then it is up to the person what feels best for them, what works best for them. We have several different guided um, visualizations. We have several different scripts. And I always say, take what's what feels best for you, which one really resonates the most and practice that one over and over and over again, again, or listen to that script over and over and over again. If there's a rapid or instant relaxation that we use, there's some different ones that we use in class. I say, pick one or two and just practice those over and over and over again, because then your body will then be essentially trained uh, that when, when I hear these words or when I practice this specific technique or breathing, then my body will automatically come into a state of relaxation. And some people like to use essential oils as kind of an anchor, you know, okay, when I smell the lavender, then that's going to bring me into a state of relaxation. We also use specific words and then we will set those words with a specific guided visualization script in class so that when a person hears a word, like say, um, it could be rose, it could be any word that you want to be, want it to be, but you would say rose. And so then when you hear the word rose, you're able to come into a deep state of relaxation. So I say practice daily. Um, I also recommend 30 minutes minimum for a visualization uh, or a guided recording that can help you to come into that deep state of relaxation. And then for the techniques, that's additional. So the breathing techniques, it's, it depends on where you are in your pregnancy. Um, breathe, the birth breathing that we do for the actual breathe, breathing the baby down or what's typically called the pushing uh, that, that I say to practice in more closer towards the birthing time, third trimester, the calm breathing practice every day, as often as you can, whenever you think of it. Um, and it's just, it depends. It really depends, but because it has that compounding effect, the more you practice, the more it will benefit you at the time of your birth. Now, Labor definitely progresses in interesting, I call them landmarks. Um, Again, when I was a doula, I could get a sense of where someone was in their labor from what they were saying, the sounds they were making and how they were moving. I didn't even, I rarely timed contractions because I was more interested in watching. And I would see, you know, there's a different need during early labor that shifted when we turned the corner to active labor, then we shifted another corner to transition. And and the need for relaxation and just the intensity of the experience grows. Do the relaxation techniques change as labor keeps shifting? 
Um, I wouldn't say that they change. I would say it depends on the person. For example, we do uh, what's called rainbow relaxation. That's kind of our our foundational recording. Marie Mongan, who developed the style of hypnobirthing that I teach, the Mongan method, um, there's a recording of, of her leading the rainbow relaxation. Some um, birthing people love to just listen to that on repeat over and over and over again. And that's, that's what they use. But there are other people that like to use different things at different times. And I'd say early on, sometimes people don't use any of them and they just watch funny videos or they hang out and they, you know, go out, they get something to eat. And so there's really none of the, of the, um, none of the breathing exercises or anything are used in the, in early, early stages for some people. Um, it just, it really depends. And I have to say too, that hypnobirthing looks different for different people. And there are some people that will not have any of those signs. They will look like they are just either zoned out or sleeping the entire time, like just completely relaxed all the way up to crowning. And, and then everyone's so surprised that the baby is coming because there were absolutely no, there were no signs that anything was changing or that anything was happening. Now that is obviously not the norm. I think that fewer, not very, you know, it's, it's more common that, that there are those signs, but for some people there aren't, but it's really just personal preference. I'm, I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned that it's not the norm because I've had some students come in and they studied hypnobirthing. And then after they've come back, they're like, I did not just rest through my whole labor. They're like, I was actively using the tools. And so I'm glad you said it. Cause I think, I think sometimes hypnobirthing gets a bad rap that people are like, I will just rest the whole way through. It's kind of like orgasmic yeah. birth yes. where, mm-hmm. um, again, I've, I've witnessed a couple, two, two people. And one of them I know listens to this. So hi, Liz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally after her second, she was like, that was better than an LSD trip. I'm like, I can tell because I was watching you. So like I've seen, I've, I've went to well over a hundred births and I'd only seen that twice. So, you know, it's one of those situations that can happen, but I just want to give the reality that not everyone's going to be as restful as others may. So thank you for, for emphasizing that. Yes. Um, I had just had so many, um, so many parents come back to me after their births and in the very beginning, you know, days of, of teaching hypnobirthing where they felt like they did something wrong or they failed. And I was always so, you know, reassuring to them saying, no, 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 absolutely not. But there was that sense that if they weren't, didn't look like they were sleeping through their labor or having an orgasm (laughs) yeah, or, or, or having an orgasm or even getting an epidural, you know, they, they, they'd eventually get an epidural and then feel like that meant that they had failed in some way. And Mm. absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I, I know hypnobirthing it supports women regardless of of where and how you give birth. You can have a scheduled C-section and use hypnobirthing. It does hypnobirthing. I think there's a myth 
a common misconception. Often I hear people when I say, I teach hypnobirthing, like, oh, is that when you give birth in water at home? <laughs> and I'm like, no, not at all. I mean, yes, for some it is, but for many, it is not at all that. I'm so glad you, that you even mentioned like the feel they do something wrong. Cause I get that too from students. Like I read everything I studied, I did this and then, and then it didn't go this way. And I feel like I did something wrong. My body failed. You know, we prepare, we do the best we can. We build our tools. And then sometimes, you know, the baby has its own way of coming in and we have our own way of, of working with that. So thank you for bringing that up. I wanted to yeah. talk about the language because... <laughs> My friend Caprice and I talk about this. We had um, a student that was studying hypnobirthing. We we talk in in our prenatal classes. We do a fair amount of transverse abdominals for that second stage of labor. And what we would talk about using your body for the for the pushing or the birthing or the breathing the baby down. She would um, cover her ears and close her eyes because she's like, I don't want to hear the words pushing. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, totally fine. I respect your choice, but. It it wasn't just closing her eyes, like she would put her hands over her ears and go, la, 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 so that she wouldn't hear us. So, and it gave me, that was my first uh, interaction with the usage of language. She's like, it's negative, it's negative. So mm-hmm. I created um, from that interaction a bit of like a, ooh, really? That's That's how it's presented. And then I did some more research and I'm like, not always, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that it left a little, um, odd flavor in my mouth about like, what's going on. So can you talk? And I'm sure, I feel like the student may have misinterpreted it. Um, so I would love just to dive into the language that is yes. emphasized. And that was a long, that's a long, <laughs> no, that. I'm so glad you asked me about this. Cause this is actually one of my favorite parts of hypnobirthing <laughs> is a long the lead up. <laughs> it's, yeah, but it's good though. It's it, because uh, I, I love hearing that story and it, and I've had, I have my own, you know, experiences and stories around this too, and different people take it different ways. And as a teacher of hypnobirthing, I've also kind of changed the way that I teach and things I say around it too. Um, yes. So the, the prem, the, the premise or the foundation around the vocabulary is that our mind is directly intertwined, connected with our body and that our body reacts to words, Mm -hmm. that words are so incredibly powerful. I a hundred percent agree. Yes. And so we have a whole chart where we change the vocabulary that is commonly used. Uh, some, uh, some, so some of the uh, examples are, um, your water breaking, we say your membranes released or, um, you know, the mucus plug, we call it the uterine seal. Um, the other one is delivering a baby or catching the baby. We receive the baby and we birth the baby. So those are just some examples of the vocabulary where we change it to just have a more relaxed, positive feel. For example, the word contraction, if you think about the word contract and contraction, it automatically has a sense of tightening, tensing. Um, And also because we've heard of women or people giving birth for years and years and years and years, and we've used the word contraction for all these years, it typically comes with the word 
pain. Contraction equals pain. So in hypnobirthing, we call it a uterine wave or a uterine surge or just a surge. And so we start to change the language so that our bodies will relate and react in a more positive or relaxed way. And one of the biggest things around hypnobirthing that we teach is that phase where the baby is making its way into the world, the pushing phase, we say that we are breathing the baby down and that it is only, we use a very specific birth breathing technique to breathe the baby down and don't utilize the forced pushing. Now, after years of teaching hypnobirthing, I now have changed my language in the way that I teach that because even as a hypnobirthing person that I used hypnobirthing with my, with my um, youngest, I was pushing her out. Like I was pushing hard, even though I knew the birth breathing, I practiced the birth breathing. There was a moment there where I was like, no, I just, I, my body, I want to push. And so the way that I teach it now, and the way that I share with my students around this, I teach them the philosophy of birth breathing and we practice birth breathing. And I tell them practice birth breathing when you're having a bowel movement, it's you're, you're supporting your body with that natural expulsive reflex, which is what your body is doing when you're birthing your baby. And when you feel, if you do feel that, that urge to nudge, there's that, and, and use a push and push your baby. There's the difference between an intense force pushing where you have people around you saying, come on, you got to push this baby out. And there's so much intensity and energy around that where there doesn't have to be. You can push your baby in a gentle nudging or or a push that is not intense, that's breaking blood vessels in your face. And it's just really listening to your body and just noticing that difference. So I don't teach my classes and say, do not push your baby. You only breathe your baby down. Don't use intense pushing. Um, But I do encourage my students to have in their birth preferences that they would rather not have that intense coached pushing. Um, you know, when, when everyone's watching the surging and yeah, yeah, the surge, they, they're watching the monitor. And so when there's that surge or that contraction, and so they know, okay, let's go time. Um, and I know, a lot, you know, a lot of women do get epidurals and so then they can't feel or sense any, because the, the sensation is not there. So they do need that encouragement. They do need someone there telling them when to do it. But, um, um, if you if you don't want that, I I think that it's really um, it's something important for you to request to have to have that not be so intense and and really have a more relaxed environment at that time. But if your body feels like you need to push, like I remember my first birth, which not knowing anything about hypnobirthing, not knowing really anything about the physio- physiological aspects of birth, I told my doula, my doula, I need to go to the bathroom, take me to the toilet right now. Like I'm going to have a bowel movement. I have to go. I have to go. And she's like, no, 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 you don't. I promise you don't have to have a bowel movement. Like that is just the sensation. Your baby is ready to be born. And I was like, no, 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 really. I have to go. I have to go. And she's like, we're not going to the toilet. Because <laughs> you're going to have your baby in the toilet. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> Thank God she did not let me go to the toilet. <laughs> but it's funny that you talked about um, just that enthusiastic cheering. I remember one, oh, I, this this one birth I was at. I was It wasn't the birth I was at, but it was the birth that happened in another room. I was at a birth. I went to grab some ice chips. You know, it's in the hallway, the little area that the partners and duels go to. And as I left the room and turned right and went to the little you know, closet area that has the ice machine. I hear from another room. I, it was the, uh, a male partner. One, two, like, like they were at a football game. I mean, it was just, and I thought to myself, like, oh, he's probably so trying to be supportive and yeah. probably right in her face, but mm-hmm. yelling at her. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure it yeah. gave a place of love, but it just made me think of that one experience of like the cheering section. Yeah. But and maybe somebody wants that. I mean, maybe they love that. Maybe, and yeah, like, that you know, that's all about that. But true. for hypnobirthing, like we, we really focus a lot on a calm, serene, relaxed environment and, um, bringing the baby, you know, the baby's coming from this warm, wet muffle, like all the noises are muted and it's dark and they're coming out to like loud sounds and it's bright and it's, you know, and so how can we make that transition more, a little bit smoother, maybe a little more calm. And so having people screaming and yelling <laughs> to push, ah, you know, also there, the idea that the other reason we don't do that in, um, or that we don't promote that in hypnobirthing is that when you, if you think about really intense pushing, what you're ultimately doing is creating more tension. Mm-hmm. You're creating more tension in the body, which then is going to slow the process down. The more you can relax your body, the more the baby is able to move more easily down and out. So we're also working to avoid creating more tension. Mm-hmm. But I am glad that you also said that not everyone's just going to open their mouth, relax their jaw and breathe their baby out. Some will, some 100% will, but I'm really glad that you said some are going to have to use some you know, abdominal power and some arms, like use their body. Again, we Mm -hmm. don't want to set people up for failure to think like, I didn't just breathe my baby out. Like I know from my first birth, like I had been doing this for almost 10 years. I'm like, a baby's going to walk right out. It took me five hours to Mm -hmm. push my baby out. And I did every position. I did everything I was taught. And I definitely had to use some, some sheer force of getting yeah. him out. And it shocked me because I'm like, this is what I do. I, in that I had that guilt. I'm like, how can I teach this when it took me a fair amount of force to get him out? So thank you for, for also not saying like for saying it, some people need some work behind it. It's not just yeah. yeah, I like the idea. Ideally, I would mm-hmm. have liked to. Yeah, I'd like to have an <laughs> orgasm giving birth. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I did not have that either one. <laughs> and we are done, I, so I will never have that. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're all so different and we all have different experiences. And even people that have four or five babies, every single birth is different. Yes. And to really just, you know, not not make yourself wrong if it exactly. if it Exactly. I think that's what it is. The way you- Not make yourself wrong. You might've heard someone had this. You might've had that for one birth. Doesn't mean you're going to have it for another. So also I want to get to, I reached out because right now, as we also talked, it's quite an, a, an elevated sense of anxiety around birth and concerns about heading to the hospital right now. I know in New York city, um, hospitals are not a place people want to be during this pandemic. So people are birthing at home. They're not necessarily birthing at home, but they're staying at home for a lot longer. And then when when they do get 
to the hospital, it's a limited birth team. And then especially if like someone's getting prepped for a C-section, they're by themselves a bit. How can we utilize some of these if someone's by themselves? Like if they're waiting for their partner, if their partner's to get something, if they're getting ready for a cesarean, they don't have their partner to give them the prompts. Do do you guys talk a little bit about um, triggering yourself in a positive way? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There are so many incredible resources out there, whether it's hypnobirthing or I know another, um, somebody else I talked to on my podcast, Rachel Yellen, she has Yes to Birth and she has some other incredible resources, just any audio that you can put in your headphones and listen to any type of affirmations, positive um, affirmations, visualizations, uh, hypnosis scripts, meditation scripts, and having having that on your phone, um, having that so that you can access that and and listen and feel like you know it's not you don't have to have somebody there in person giving you these scripts or reading these scripts to you or giving you these prompts that you have it on your phone mm-hmm. and um, and really utilizing those resources. When I, when I was giving birth with, after using all that I had learned with hypnobirthing, I went into that birth feeling like I've got this. And I honestly felt like I've like, I've got this. I felt like I didn't need my doctor there. Obviously I wanted my doctor there, you know, just in case. And you know, if that's, that was important to me, but I really felt like I understood my body. I understood the process and I understood the power of affirmations, of positive thinking, and of be of re- maintaining that state of relaxation and trust. And through everything that I had learned in hypnobirthing, that it got me to that point. And of course, also I do have to say because it was my second birth, I'm sure there was even more of a sense of that too because this wasn't the first time, so there was less unknown there as well. But educating yourself, whether it's hypnobirthing, whether it's any type of, you know, calm birth, gentle birth, um, any of these different types of birthing, uh, courses or classes so that you understand that your body was made to do this. And by understanding that your body was made to do this automatically creates a sense of calm and relaxation in your body. And then utilizing any of the tools and techniques, whether it's breathing techniques, um, you know, these guided recordings, uh, guided meditations and recordings that I've been talking about, finding ones that really speak to you. Because, you know, not everybody loves hypnobirthing. Not everybody loves the Bradley method. Um, But there is all there are so many resources resources out there and even more so now online because of what we're all experiencing so many free re- resources online and so i would say have you know prepare ahead and have anything that you know is going to bring you ease one other thing and this is, sounds so silly and simple but i brought a pillow from home if there is like a, a baby blanket or a pillow or something that you can have with you to bring with you, or if you have, like I said um, earlier about lavender, if you have an essential oil, 
anything that you can physically have with you to make you feel safe. And, and that's going to, anything you can do to bring yourself into that state of, of relaxation is going to help. And ultimately, um, just, yeah, thinking ahead, preparing ahead. And if you haven't taken a childbirth education class, or if you feel like you're already 35 weeks or 36 weeks, there are so many free resources online. Mm -hmm. Just search, search, look, ask around, because I think that that is essential, especially now when fewer people are able to come in. Like you were saying, there's, you know, you might not be able to have that huge team around you. So really empowering yourself and then getting those things that, that might be able to, to support you. Mm, that's, um, that's through the process. You me something you said made me think about the recordings. Who are they pre-recorded or does the partner record it? Cause I can imagine, um, you know, if I was really anxious and I couldn't have my partner or I just want to get in kind of that zone, maybe having my partner recorded something, who are the ones reading the, the scripts? Yeah, it can be, your partner. It can be you. You can get some scripts and and read them and record yourself on your phone or have your partner. That's a great idea to have your partner uh, read the scripts. If you if you have even if you have somebody that is really trusted, if that you really feel like I don't know, even a yoga teacher maybe, or or your or if you have a hypnobirthing teacher or your childbirth educator, maybe they have some scripts. But the biggest thing is that it's a voice that makes you feel safe, that makes you feel calm, and that you can listen to over and over and over again so that you are training yourself. You, you're, it's, you're having that compounding effect where you are training your body to come in that state of relaxation. So then regardless of where you are, whether you're in the in triage at the hospital or in your hospital room, when you're listening to that, you are able to come into that deep state of relaxation that you would felt would have felt or did feel in your bedroom. Yeah. It just makes me think of like when I like, I personally love musical theater. I did it for years. So it's like, it made me think about when I hear this a song come on, it kind of puts me in my happy place, like certain songs. So it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. If you can offer, you have so much knowledge. So just try to pick one piece. If you have <laughs> one tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new or expectant parents, we'll be right back. We are back. So I know you come with a huge body of knowledge. What is one thing that is jumping to the forefront of your mind that you want to share? Oh my gosh, this is the hardest question because there are like five <laughs> things. Okay, I have to pick one. I would say, and I've already said it, but I have to say it again because this is the one that I just feel is the most important. Take a childbirth education class. Mm-hmm. Take a childbirth education course if you can. Find one that really speaks to you because the more information that you have around the whole process, the calmer that you will be. And, um, 
Yeah, that's, that's it. I just think that confidence is, is key and that's huge. Just get it, you know, the more, the more you can empower yourself through knowledge and understanding, uh, I think the more calm and the more ease you will feel moving into, into your birthing experience. You know, there's actually been some studies done. I researched, cause I used to write blogs. Now they do the podcast. I don't write them quite as much. Um, but I remember doing one about childbirth education classes and people's response. And it's actually been studies that people felt more satisfied with their birth experience having taken a childbirth class, even if their birth didn't unfold how they originally envisioned. And what I kind of extrapolated from that is that they were a part of the decision-making. When you know the foundation and you know your choices and you're part of that conversation, you feel more empowered and more autonomy than yeah. if you don't know and you're like, tell me what to do, you know, cause then you feel like it's done for you. So I, I can't remember where I found that, that study, but it's just, I know, adding to what you're saying, like the confidence, the knowledge, and then the satisfaction. We yes. want people to feel more satisfied on the other side, not just having a baby, but the whole experience. Right. Well, and I also, would add that if you feel like you can't take a class or you don't have time at the one additional thing that you can do is create a birth plan, create your birth preferences sheet, because that alone, there are so many free ones online, just grab one and then go through it. And that alone will allow you to educate yourself. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, cord clamping. Oh, what's cord clamping? I hadn't thought about that. Maybe I want to wait, uh, for, you know, to have it clamped in pause and learning about why, um, you might want to do something or even, you know, I don't know the eye ointment. What is the eye ointment? Why do they put that in the baby's eyes? You just, it really empowers you to be able to go in and say, yes, I want to have this, or you know what? I'd rather have this done a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. You have so many great points. Where can people find your work? Uh, PureNurture.com. That's where you can find everything. And then the Pure Nurture podcast. And since I um, had talked about the childbirth education class, I have a free resource where I've gone through the five most popular childbirth education classes and courses out there. And by answering, it's a it's purenurture.com forward slash quiz. And you go in, it's like the multiple choice and you go through and it can, it'll give you, um, uh, one of the, whatever the course that kind of relates to the answers that you have, which one might be the best fit for you. So oh, I want to take that. I'm not even kissing yeah. anymore, but I want to take it just, to yeah, see. just for fun. Just to and be then like, if, you should have tried this. <laughs> yeah. And then see how that goes. And, and if that doesn't resonate, I have one that goes even deeper. It's uh, purenurture.com forward slash course. And it's also free. And it's um, just a course that you go through. That's a high level overview of these five, again, five, I say most popular, but it, they're just the most commonly known hypnobirthing, hypnobabies, Lamaze, Bradley method, and then just hospital-based birthing classes. So you can get a high-level overview and see, you know, like how long is the course? How, you know, how often does the course meet, et cetera. So those are two really great free resources. If you do want to take a course, you're not sure where to find one or which one to take. Uh, that has some really great resources, hyperlinks, and kind of gives you a, an insight. I love that. I'm going to make sure I put that in our show notes. I hope that's okay with you. I'm really yeah. excited about that. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. And it was really fun getting a chance to chat with you. It was also fun to be on the other side. Last time I chatted, I was the guest on your podcast. So it was kind of nice to sit back and listen to all of your amazing knowledge. Thank you for the work you do. Thank you for continuously supporting the pregnant and postpartum population. And thank you for spending a little time with me tonight. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Deb. This was so much fun. All right. Take care. Good night. Bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.